You unlock this benefit with the key of Patreon. Beyond is another dimension. A dimension of thought. A dimension of speculation. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both waffle and substance. Of things and ideas. You've just crossed into the podcast zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for our trek through the Twilight Zone. Julie and I are going through episode by episode and keeping them down to a concise little nuggets of information about our thoughts about each of the episodes. And we have reached the Purple Testament. Now my handwriting is terrible. Yeah, the Purple Testament. And this is uh, a setting during World War II and um, a... Okay, no, I haven't done down the rankings, but one of the soldiers is able to see and identify other people that are about to die when their face is covered by a strange light. And uh, what that does to him as he sort of goes through, as he sends people out on missions. So, uh, Julian, off the, off the bat, what were your first thoughts about this episode? This is a weird one, isn't it? I mean, this just yeah. does not feel like a normal Twilight Zone episode. Um, at its heart, this is kind of a sort of like guy has a superpower or a psychic power and kind of watch what happens. Um, you know, merged with a war story, um, I guess, about just the randomness of death and war, which, okay, fair enough. That's good. Better that version of war than heroes survive. But I can't help but feel like the stuff I like most in this is just this grimy depiction of uh, the World War II campaign in the Philippines, mm-hmm. then really that's more interesting and striking than any Twilight Zone superpower stuff. What about you? Yeah, no, I love the setting. I did love that, like I say, it feels, like I say, grimy and authentic. And it's, again, not glamorizing anything. There's no sort of um, rah-rah to this one either. It, it is weird that there was a couple of things that sort of slightly bother, <laughs> bothered me about this episode. It's not that it's a bad episode. It is actually, there's some, there's some bits I really enjoy about this episode. Um, and some interesting things. Um, but it's never shown how he got this ability. And, and that's fine. It just sort of, it comes on uh, at one point. The reveal of how he got the, the ability, or the, the, his first recognition of the ability is is quite interesting. He's having a conversation with his captain. And he's actually saying like, so who who do we lose today? And they, they roll off through uh, four names. And he looks concerned. And then later on, they're having a conversation. He hands over a piece of paper and he's like, what's this? And he's like, it's the four people that have died. And he's like, but I wrote that yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. I went down the line, I looked at the guys, and these four guys had this, this light on them. And so I took a note of it. And this is the result. And so they all think it's crazy. They're like, oh, it's a coincidence. It's, you know, it's the, it's the heat of the pressure of war. And that's what they keep saying, like, you know, whether it be PTSD or the pressures or what he's under, whatever. And then, but then it keeps happening. Like, you know, when he's in the, and it's not even, the thing is, it's not even people that die in war. Like, you know, it's not just a sort of like, oh, they're going into battle and they're going to die. And I can tell you who, like, he goes to the hospital <laughs> and some guy just sort of like, he, he sees him. And then I love the fact he passes out. Like the experience of seeing another person with this light mm. on their face, he just goes warmth, like I'm out. Um, and I thought that was really interesting that they were going to depict him just sort of like keeling over, like you know. And then the guy, and they, he comes downstairs. He's like, "Oh, no, he's only injured. He'd be fine." It's like, no, no, he he just died. Um, one of the things I find that this episode is missing, he never tries particularly hard <laughs> to stop <laughs> any of them dying the ones that he identifies like there's no he never tries to intervene 
you know, physically or, or, or too much to try and intervene. Um, do you, want to, you know, unless I miss something, like he tries he, at one point, he tells his captain not to go, and his captain's like, I mm-hmm. do one, and he's like, All right, like he didn't try particularly hard at any point. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I think Riker, the his uh, his uh, captain is the only one that he really he really tries because mm-hmm. really. You know, I think why he one of I think why he passes out is he's horrified by this, right? I yeah. mean, this is not fun for him, right? Yeah. This is really upsetting, and and I think that's the correct way to depict this. Um, but you know, he is friends with his captain. There's clearly affection there, and mm. he does try that. I mean, I I was not, and then after that, the only people who die, you know, are him and the driver of the jeep. I was more troubled by him not trying to stop the the driver from yeah, dying. That, it's like he's resigned <laughs> to his fate, but this guy's gonna die as he hits a mine too. Yeah, that, well, that's what I mean about like what what it felt like. There was a final destination uh, mm-hmm. vibe to this, and so what I was expecting was as soon as I clocked onto what was going on and I understood how this was gonna go, I thought there was gonna be a moment where. Uh, and maybe it's good that it didn't go here, but there was a moment where he stopped someone from going into battle. But then him stopping them from going into battle is what kills them. Like them being mm-hmm. on camp, you know, they accident something happens on camp and an accident that you know they choke or something else happens, or like like death is inevitable, it's unavoidable. You know, the 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 thing you see about sort of a you know, like a a trader sees a sees death and so races off into the desert and travels for 30 days and 30 nights and he gets to somewhere else and then your de- death is waiting for him at the other end sort of thing like you know you can't avoid it but like, there's none of that like there's nothing to show that like it's unavoidable he just sort of like it just happens and so when he sees his own face light up and then that of the driver just that comment where like you know he's like well you know you know lieutenant you better stop it. it's gonna be a four and a half hour drive and he's like no it's not <laughs> yeah. i don't think it will yeah, it, it yeah. I mean, like, you you, you, right. do, you you would do something, surely. You'd be like, can we Absolutely. wait an hour? Can we do something and, else? And you're right, and you're right to the point where I already wrote that in my mind as part of the script, right? Yeah. Like that is so predictable that his own resignation about his own death certainly. I mean, he has not really. I see exactly what you're saying. That there's no. He has tried to keep Riker back. But it's almost as if, like, Riker decided to go anyway, and he yeah. got killed by a sniper. So this is totally unavoidable. And, and, you know, I mean, he's never just said, you know, uh, I don't want to be transferred today. Can I be transferred to, to be examined tomorrow? Um, yeah, that, that stuff is strange. And, and, but I almost write that in my head as if he's already done it because I'm so familiar with these tropes. And so I think at the end, him going along is just like, yeah, I'm resigned to my fate. Can't stop it. But you're right. That's never happened. No. And it's, it's just, it's just a short scene of like, just someone had to stay back and die differently for him to be like, Oh, it's inevitable. Cause the resignation to his own death has got n- nothing tells him that that has to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, th- and this is one of the things, again, it's, and I think this comes down to, we've said before about the length of these episodes. Some we feel are too long, some are too short. This is one of those I felt was too short. Like, in this happening, you you would have this thing of, 
the 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 sort of the awful experimentation where you'd have someone being like um okay well if this happens you know i would hold someone back and if we hold and they die in the camp or okay let's see if we can sort of save them today well if i save them today do they die tomorrow mm-hmm. and that, again this is going back to that final destination kind of like you say the tropes of those things so for him to resign to to it is a bit sort of like, oh, all right, well, you clearly weren't that bothered in the first place. Because there's a thing, like I said, there's a, um, when his friend, the captain, is killed, and they've saved all these like baby photos and all these things back. And there's this, there is that thing of like, you know, one the other soldiers who he's reporting to says, like, yeah, war is hell, basically. Like, you know, war sucks. Like, it's really crap. Mm. Uh, it's, you know, and you sort of, it's, and it's sort of like, there's a moment there. And so, in part, it was like, was it grief? That is sort of like, yeah. What's the point? Like, you know, this. The, if I don't die today, I'm going to die tomorrow. War is inevitable. You know, I could die any day. But it, it, it's never articulated. So you, I never get his state of mind at the when he gets into that um, jeep at the end. Yeah, you're you're entirely right. And you know what you're saying reminds me of so many points. The first is even from the beginning when you see them jumping out of a jeep, you know, a, a cover jeep they're grimy and they don't look happy. <laughs> These yeah. are not gl- glorious soldiers. Um, and, and that's worth mentioning. The I love that the captain believed him, or at least believed mm. him enough to leave his photographs and, and wedding ring behind, but still went into combat anyway, right? Yeah. There's that sense of duty combined with doubt, you know, like, you know, resignation. And I had the same thought, like, you know, but it, it's uh, about whether um, Fitz is, uh, you know, committing suicide at the end. But that's all in my head, because, mm. as you say, that's I have to sort of conjecture that because it's not. And he could commit suicide both because of the captain's death, but also because he fainted. And clearly this gift, quote unquote, is miserable for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if he's gonna go, he's gonna take the driver with him. But <laughs> yeah. that's the like... most perplexing part of it for me. Yeah, because even so, like you know, they 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 highlight again. There's this moment of like this driver's gonna get it because he can't even say, "Could somebody else drive me?" Let's try and switch this up. Like if I send somebody else, because they make it clear, like he's the best driver in the army, and you'll get there in one piece. And straight away, you're like, "Well, they're both dead." Like that's you know yeah. the inevitable end of this. Um. And so, yeah, and the one thing I would say is the really weird is the tacked on ending as well. Is so he does drive off. You could have that be that could be the ending. Like, you know, they he's seen the light on the driver's face. You know exactly what's going to happen. You've seen the inevitability of this. That's the end. However, we then get this weird bit of like these soldiers sat around, one with a harmonica, you know, and then they hear the explosion and they're like, could be thunder. <laughs> you know, what? I, I really didn't understand that that final bit. I get that you're supposed to hear the explosion to sort of be the full stop to go. Oh, that's clearly Fitz being blown up. But like, for them to be like completely nonplussed by it, I don't know if that is that to be another statement of their their sort of thought process around around the war or anything like that. It, again, it's not presented well. But there's like the bit where the guy literally looks up at the sky and he's like, "Could have been thunder." Mm. And I was weird. I didn't. I didn't really get that end. That end. The epilogue. I mean, I feel as if it, you're right. I feel as if it's there because uh, they've got to have that full stop, right? Yeah. I mean, clearly, 
the Twilight Zone felt that it had to do that. But I kind of like that, like, look, obviously it's to save money on the budget that you don't see Jeep go boom. But mm -hmm. uh, the flip side of that is I kind of like that the main character dies off screen mm -hmm. and, it, you know, all you have is the sound that can be confused with thunder. And that is the death of the main character and the driver. Um, there's something evocative about that, something that as if it's almost trying to uh, incur PTSD in its audience. Like <laughs> every time you hear a boom, that could be people dying. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I also like to say, and maybe it's this sort of the complacency of those soldiers, like soldiers, like because none of them jump up and are like, "Oh, it's an explosion!" Like none of them grab for their rifles, none of them grab for any of Like you say, from end, from sorry, from beginning to end, these soldiers are browbeaten, they're worn down, they're clearly getting close to being burnt out. Like so, there's this thing of like, yeah, because he's he's been shot or he's damaged his arm. This one guy and he's sat there going, oh, he's, he's, "Oh, you play the harmonica well." He says, "Yeah," and with one hand. So there's, they're clearly just having a rest, and it's sort of like, for them to do it. Then it's almost like, I, I, there's nothing to gain from intervening in this explosion. So let's just say it's thunder and move on. <laughs> that's a great interpretation. I mean, and and uh, boy, that's some some cynical stuff. But <laughs> I do think this is a a cynical episode in that mm. sense of of just how horrible war is, um, and and that's obviously what it's supposed to be i mean you know the closing narration is that's where the title the purple testament comes from is from shakespeare not not richard the third but richard the second uh he has come to open the purple testament of bleeding war okay so you know war is hell and you know it's depicted that way these guys are not even interested he's he's yeah. playing the harmonica i mean they're you're right browbeaten is a, a good word beaten down by this but, but i don't know that the the miracle of seeing who's going to die illustrates that war is hell no i think that, that's what i think that's what they're trying to hammer home i mean i was thinking in my head I was thinking, this is 59 it's pre it's pre-vietnam but you know, so you've had the but you've had the Korean War, um, you know, since the sort of the Second World War and stuff. So they've still had this ongoing sort of conflict, um, you know, in in the states. And so yeah, I don't know. It just felt like this sort of inevitability of soldiers just going like, eh, it's another one down, like you know. So which I associate with Vietnam. It's that that's the Vietnam mm -hmm. attitude rather than the world war two attitude which is what they're portraying uh although the pacific is a a different you know that that's theater of war was a very different sort of uh mm. engine to to the european conflict so um you know i can understand that that, that it is you know slightly different attitude so um but yeah no but this is still a good episode like i still there was still a lot to take from this and i i, I did enjoy it it was like i say cynical was a, is a good one because it is again it's a slightly different tone different attitude um but, uh, you know, I, I was sort of digging it. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, you know, I agree. It, it, it comes off more as a war episode, and I agree with your final thoughts. I just want to uh, chime in and say that I love what you're saying about we don't normally see World War II like this, but just like we saw World War One in the previous episode, you know, all wars were like that, and this mm -hmm. really puts the lie to the greatest generation nonsense. You know, Even I mean, not yeah. not that those sacrifices weren't important, but that you know, uh, 
World War II was filled with reluctant soldiers and cock-ups and as much as any other war. Yeah, they weren't all John Wayne. Um, anyway, yes. Neither so, was John Wayne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Wayne. Yeah, one day I'll get around to talking about him on 20th Century Geek, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, right. So, Legend, thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate your uh, for support and for listening. And uh, uh, as always, you know, we hope you're enjoying these episodes, and we shall see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.